some of that today. Um, open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah. And um, I, I was talking, and I was going to, honestly, I wasn't even going to uh, talk about this today. Um, I was going to talk about uh, discernment, but we'll have to do that next week. And, and that might be good because I think Mrs. T might be here next oh, week. Yeah. And Mrs. T would love to hear preaching on discernment. She's going to get all Shondalai and Hikamoshai, and she'll be going around here, I discern. Amen. So anyway, we'll just, so those of you that don't know Mrs. T, you're about to, Pastor and Mrs. T will be here next week. Y'all are going to, you're going to love them. Amen. Pastor and Mrs. T are my pastors. They're the pastors that I got, I got saved under in the Mennonite church. They're here visiting family. And so uh, they will be here uh, next Sunday morning. They won't be ministering. Uh, well, they won't be preaching, I should say. They will do all the ministry they can do before they walk out the door and some out in the parking lot. You know, I tell, I encourage you guys not to do parking lot prophecies. Mrs. T just don't listen. Amen. She's going to do it anyhow. <laughs> She'd be prophesying to people. Listen, you might be driving at the corner. She'd be yelling at you, prophesying over you. But, uh, but you know, Mrs. T, I think she's earned the right. So we're going to go ahead and let her, we're going to let her do that all she wants to. Amen. Uh, and Pastor T, he'll get up here and he'll tell you some stories. He'll do some preaching. And uh, he had Gabe, uh, we, we were at his house. He had Gabe and I at the kitchen table, and he's given us lots of ministry advice, which was uh, awesome. So Isaiah chapter 42. Uh, I'm, I, I shared this with the uh, worship team. Isaiah chapter 42, we'll start in verse, um, we'll start in verse uh, 13, I think 13. Let me look at it, make sure, because... I may take you a little bit. Well, yeah, let's not do, we'll, we'll read, we'll read more than that. Isaiah chapter four, no, verse 13. Here's, here's a, what uh, Isaiah said. And this is talking about the days that we're living in today. Uh, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Verse 14, he says this. I have, I have long time holding in my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs. And I'll make the rivers islands and I'll dry up the pools. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they've not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight, these things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Amen. Amen. We are living in the days where the Lord is going forth as a mighty man, stirring up jealousy like a man of war. He is crying, yea, roaring, and prevailing against his enemies. Now, you know, uh, I know that... Uh, uh, when the Lord first gave me this verse of Scripture, of course, I had read it before, but he gave it to me in a message. Um, I had been reading over there in First Peter where it says uh, that the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, he told, he, the Lord told me to read that verse of Scripture in First Peter. And he says, uh, read that Scripture. I read it and I was like, okay, I get it. And he's like, Read it, read it. Yeah, I'm trying to talk to you. And I've, I read it again. I read it several times. And every time I read it, I just read it for what it said. I didn't hear nothing different. And, and I, you know, I think maybe some of you have heard this 
scripture or heard this talked about from this perspective. That that verse of scripture in 1 Peter says this, that he comes as a roaring lion, seeking whom it doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He comes as a roaring lion. In other words, he comes acting like a roaring lion, looking for, I heard old Robert say one time, and I thought it was funny. He said, the devil, he said, he's like a lion that's had all his teeth pulled. He roars real loud, and he's going around looking for people he can gum to death. And he says, and unfortunately, there are many Christians that fit the bill. <laughs> many Christians that get caught in the gums of the enemy. But, but, the, but uh, you know, I read it that way, and I was like, I, well, I see that, you know, he comes as a roaring lion, but he's not a roaring lion. And then the Lord took me to Isaiah 42, and it said, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry. Listen, he shall cry, yea, Roar. And the Lord said this, the Lord said, the devil is the great imitator. He's been imitating me for years, going around roaring like a lion. He said, but son, he's not the lion, I'm the lion. And he said, and all the world has heard, and much of the church, all they've heard is the roar of the enemy. And many have not heard my roar. He said, but I'm getting ready to go forth as a mighty man. I'm about to stir up jealousy like a man of war. I'm going to cry, yea, roar, and I'm going to prevail against my enemies. Now, I want you to, I want you to know something, though. Um, about this verse of scripture, notice notice what it says in the next in the next verses. I've uh, and maybe I read it in a, a New King James. See how it says in there. I have held my peace a long time. I have been still and restrained myself. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all something. This generation has not seen what this verse of scripture is talking about. Previous generations have. You know, Earl Roberts and his generation they saw and witnessed the roar of God. William Seymour and his generation, they witnessed the roar of God. Amen. When, when, when God roars, a roar is a, uh, is a, is a physical, uh, uh, natural uh, sound or manifestation. You know, I found, I, 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 when I was researching that message, I found out that a lion will roar, typically they will roar when they're hungry. And that the roar of a lion can be heard for as, as far as five miles away. That's how intense and how loud the roar of a lion is. And so when we think about God, and this is, this is what he told me. He said, I'm going to roar by demonstrating myself through my people. It'll be a demonstration. That, uh, you know, the Bible says that they that do know their God shall be mighty and do exploits. That's the, the, the being mighty and doing exploits. That's the roar of God. Amen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is coming. You know what that power is? That power is the roar of God. I believe that, that, that roar is dunamis. It's the expression of the limitless glory to God. The limitless uh, all-touching, all-encompassing, all-powerful. Amen. 
demonstration of the power of God. I believe that uh, when Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You know what that demonstration of the spirit and power was? The roar of God. The roar of God. But he, but he says this. He says, he says that he has been still. He's refrained himself. But now he's going to cry like a woman in labor. <laughs> That's a scary thing. If you've never been there when that happened, I encourage you, YouTube it. Uh, uh, there, but there's nothing like being there. Listen, Pastor Annie, she all sweet and everything right now. Listen, when that meter started, that number started to climb, that contraction started to come. Listen, she got, she, listen. When Michael was born, she's like, I'm not even going to have me an epidural. I'm going to have this baby natural. I was like, you go, girl. Listen, them, 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 them contractions started to come. And she's like, give me an epidural. She's like, give me an epidural. She said, give me crack. Give me something. <laughs> and then she's like, you did this to me. And I'm trying to help her. She's like, you trying to help me? You put me in this situation. I don't want to scare you, Travis, but it's coming. Amen. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, crying like a jerk, that's a scary thing. <laughs> he says, uh, I, I will pant and gasp at once. I, and this is the part I want you to see. I will lay waste mountains and hills. Look, I'm, I'm going to be as, just as quick as I can with this message because we have other things we're doing today. I will lay waste mountains and hills. Some of you didn't count on there being mountains and hills in your life that God had to lay waste to. There, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. There were some high places and have been some high places in my life throughout my walk with the Lord that he had to bring down. I, I, my dad cracks me up. He's a, you know, of course, he's thick, he's, he's thick Tex-Mex. Tex you know, he's from South Texas, and uh, it's where he was born. And uh, so he was working at General Motors, and there was this guy his last name, they, the, the, uh, the, of course, they worked around people from lots of different races, lots of different backgrounds, predominantly white. And so it was difficult for them to pronounce, like Martinez, Martinez was either Martinez or Martinez. Martinez. And uh, so, you know, that, that was, you know, like me, they call me Sanchez. It's not really Sanchez, it's Sanchez. But that's how, you know, people, oh, Sanchez. You know, I tell people, Sanchez. They said, can you spell it? S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. Oh, Sanchez. Because that's how they, you know, they, so they had, he was working with a guy, and they were, they were saying, they were calling for him. They said, Quintanilla, Quintanilla, Quintanilla. <laughs> and so my dad was calling him Quintanilla for a long time. Hey, Quintanilla. Quintanilla, and then he finally, he finally had seen it written down, and he was asking somebody, because my dad didn't learn how to read till you know, fairly recently, and someone said, another Hispanic said, oh, that's Quintanilla, that's how you pronounce it, Quintanilla, 
So he goes to this guy who's been called Quintanilla, and he says, dude, you ain't no Quintanilla. He says, come down. You're Quintanilla. You know, he, he thought he was being lofty, you know, because my dad was like, he's, he's trying to get this <laughs> less Hispanic surname, you know what I'm saying? But there's some, there's some things in our life. You know what? Jess, in your promotion brought some hills and some mountains down. You know, there's, there's, and that's the thing that I want you to understand, that when mountains and hills are being brought down, it's not necessarily a bad experience or a traumatic experience or a troubling experience. God can bring your mountains and hills down by showing you that he doesn't need your involvement in your promotion in the furtherance of what he's called you to do. Amen. God's, see, God's already got it in his heart that he's going to roar. And guess what? He's already decided that he's going to use you to do it. Amen. What we have to be willing to do is we have to be willing to follow him to that place that allows him to do that. And so I, I want to say something to, to all of y'all because I know that many of us are in this place. I talked to our leadership about this. We are in a place where we might be experiencing, some of you might be experiencing some discomfort with the fact that, um, that some of the, some of the uh, mountains and the hills, some of the places that were high places where you found security, where you found comfort, where you found peace, where you felt like you were, uh, and not above in, in a way that you were looking down at anyone, but at least you felt secure. Some of those things are coming down. And some of you feel less secure right now than you ever have before. But let me tell you something. God is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your help in time of trouble. Therefore, you will not fear. Though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Amen. Amen. Turn to someone, tell them God is our refuge. Now see, all these, all these things sound negative in nature. Am I all right, babe? Does this make sense? Yeah. He says, and I'll dry up all their vegetation. <laughs> See, we, we, we hear that and we think, dear God, I don't want that to happen. Oh, no, you, listen, you really do. You really do. Because you don't want to rely, especially in a day that's coming where the, where the enemy, you know, uh, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. He's the God of this world system. I'm going to tell you something that in the last days that the world system isn't going to be friendly toward God's people. And it's going to seem as if the vegetation is drying up. It, it seems that way now. But I've got news for you. It's all right. Amen. Don't, don't be afraid. Glory to God. I will make rivers coastlands. And I will dry up the pools. Some of the rivers that we've counted on. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 16. I will bring the blind by a way that they did not know. And I'll lead them in paths that they've not known. I, I want to I let you all know something. God's, God's getting ready to lead us 
God is getting ready to lead us in ways in which we have never been led before. Amen. So we talked about that. Didn't we talk about that last time I preached? God's, God's about to lead us in ways that he's never led us before. <clears throat> and I'll bring the blind by a way that they knew not, or bring the blind by a way that they did not know. I will lead them in paths that they've not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do for them, and I will not forsake them. You can count on God not forsaking you and getting you through this season. But we can't rely upon We've got, we've got to get to the point where we're not relying upon the ways that we've heard God in the past. Um, I, I believe last time I talked, I talked about this on a Wednesday, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. On Wednesday, I talked about this, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, you know, in the early days when the Lord, uh, when the Lord um, used my, who I consider to be my spiritual mother, Kareem, he used her to give me a word. She said, God is giving you the gift of the discerning of spirits. She prophesied that on a, on a Wednesday night at youth. Uh, we were all lined up. The Lord was using her to reveal different gifts. And, and she went by everybody and she said, God's going to use you in this gift. God is going to use you in that gift, particular gifts. And she prophesied over everyone. But when she came to me, she said, God is giving you. It was very different. She said, God is giving you the gift of the discerning of spirits. Now, I think most of you know this. You know, there's a difference between God using you in a gift and God giving you a gift. All of us can be used in spiritual gifts, but there are some gifts that God gives to people. And uh, so you say, well, what's the difference? Well, if the Spirit uses you in a particular gift, it's the Spirit's gift, not yours. And when the gift belongs to the Spirit, it only manifests as the Spirit wills. But when God gives you a gift, when you get in the Spirit, it will manifest. And sometimes you can get it to manifest in or outside of the will of God. In fact, it's, and I use this example all the time, I'm going to use your brand new iPad, Ayla. Let's say that I, you know, this is an iPad. We know this is an iPad. We know we know what this was designed to be used for. Is that right? We know what it's designed to be used for. Now, um, if I let you use my iPad, here you can use my iPad. Um, it's my iPad. You have use of it. The way you use it is very limited because it's mine and you're going to have to give it back to me. You're going to have to use it for what it was designed for. If it was your iPad, you can do whatever you want with it. You can use it as an ice scraper. You can use it as a chopping board for food. It wasn't designed for that, but you could use it that way if you wanted to. You could use, amen, you could use it to hit your husband over the head. Swatch your, amen. I mean, that's not what it was designed for. It probably won't work. Yeah, it works once. <laughs> After that, it doesn't work for what it was designed for. But, you know, you, I mean, you could use it for lots of stuff. You could use it to hammer in nails once or twice. You could, you could probably put it down in the snow to try to get traction if you got stuck. But that, you know, that probably only worked once and may not work well. You could do whatever you wanted to. You could use it as a Frisbee. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yours. And see, that's, that's the thing people don't understand. Is when God gives someone a gift, when God gives someone a gift, that gift is theirs. And that, that's, that's why we have people that will abuse. Oh, sorry, I knocked your pen out. 
there will be people that will abuse gifts of the Spirit. And people wonder, how can they abuse a gift of the Spirit when it's by the Holy Ghost? Well, because God gave them the gift. But, but what, I want, what I want to bring out in that is this. The minute she told me that God gave me the gifts of the discerning, the gift of the discerning of spirits, number one, I thought that God had given me the jankiest gift out of all the gifts. I'm like, what a janky gift, you know? Why couldn't I got miracles or healing or something like that? I got the janky gift of the gift of discerning of spirits. Don't nobody want no gifts of discerning of spirits. Now, you know what? That's not the one. That's not the one everybody signs up to go to class for. You know what I'm saying? Everybody go to the miracle class, to the healing class, to the prophecy class. I mean, people even rather go to the tongues class than the discerning of spirits class. But me, discerning of spirits. Man, I was so disappointed because I didn't understand the gift of the discerning of spirits. But from that day on, I would go to church, and when I would go to church, I would see into the realm of spirits. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, that's the gift of the discerning. The gift of the discerning of spirits is when God's spirit comes upon you and he opens your natural eyes to see into the realm of the spirit. So, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story, but I walked, I remember I walked into church. I used to go to, I used to, on Wednesdays, I would ride the school bus to the church, to the church, because they would drop people uh, uh, off the bus that went by there would drop people off right in front of the church. That was where the stop was. And so I would get on the bus and go to that, to that stop instead of to my grandmother's house so that they wouldn't need to give me a ride to church and I could be there early to pray. So I get dropped off, you know, three o'clock. I walk into the church building. When I walk in, I look around and there are these, <laughs> there are these, um, for lack of a better term, imps, demon spirits that are in the church. They are, there are some that are in the corners, hanging in the corner. Now you say, you saw this? Yeah, you know, it was either I was get, you know, flashing back or this was the Holy Spirit. Some people thought it was just a drug flashback. But anyway, uh, I, I looked in the corner and there's this, there's this thing hanging there. It resembled, now it didn't look exactly like a book, but it resembled a monkey. It had long arms. It, it was kind of hairy looking. It looked more like uh, one of those gremlins from that movie, uh, The Gremlins. It looked more like that, but not quite as you know dramatic, but it looked similar to that. And it's hanging in the corner. And I'm thinking, what in the world is that doing here? Now, it didn't startle me. I, I wasn't afraid. Um, I just thought, it was another experience, you know. I'd had many experiences in the Lord. I thought this was just another experience. So I'm there praying, and I pray, you know, about, about 6 o'clock, someone comes walking in the church. Well, when they came walking in the church, there's one of these things sitting on their shoulder, and it's got its arm around this person's head, like the top of their head, like you'd wear a headband. It's got its arm around their head, and it's squeezing. It's, it's just doing this number like this. And I'm like, what in the world? So I'm just praying in tongues, and this person comes up and sits down, and, and they're going like this. And they finally look at me. They say, man, I have a headache, a splitting headache. I get these migraines, and they come every now and then. And I was like, I, I, I just straight up told them. I said, that's an evil spirit. And they were like, they were, they were shocked, like I, like I was telling them they were possessed or something. I said, that's a bad spirit. And, and when I said that, that thing that was on their head, it quit, it, quit, it quit gripping them real hard. And it looked, it looked startled. Like, 
How did he know? And then uh, they, that person asked me, they said, how do you know? And I said, I see it. When I said I see it, that thing looked at me like, do you really see me? And, and I, I just knew by the Spirit, I said, yeah, I see you in the name of Jesus. I bind you. I command you to turn loose of that person. Man, that thing stiffened up and fell off their shoulder and, and, and was laying on the ground. This person thinks I'm nuts. I'm like, get out of here. Man, that thing took off out of that church, and w- that person was healed that moment forward. That's a gift of the discerning of spirits. Now, you know what? I kept seeing I kept seeing that for a long time. I would see. I, I'd be up praying, and all... I'd be up praying and, and, and preaching and, and, and doing what God wanted me to do. And pretty soon there'd be a cloud that would roll in the back door. Just like, a, just like a fog rolling in. This cloud would come in and everyone would start to be enveloped in this cloud. And not any, I would ask people, I'd say, do y'all, see the, do y'all see like a cloud up in here? Some people would be totally unaware of it. Some people would be like, I don't see it, but I sure do feel something. Most people didn't see it, but I'd see that cloud roll in, and, and I'd, know, uh, I'd know that the Lord was doing something, but I wasn't really aware of exactly what it was that he was doing. Uh, I would look at people, and they would illuminate, and they would get real shiny. Sometimes they would shine so brightly under the power of the Spirit of God that the whole room would disappear. I just, I just thought they were getting blessed. I'm like, well, they're getting blessed. Praise God. So I went on for years, from 1983 all the way up until, you know, 1999 or something. This is, I'm seeing all these things in the spirit by the gift of, number one, I didn't, I never identified that it was the gift of the discerning of spirits. Not until one day I'm sitting with Pastor Mikey, uh, it was around 2000 and, get this, this is how stupid I am, 1983, God gives me this gift. 2003, I'm sitting in a car with Brother Mikey after a service, a revival service that we had over at Calvary Temple. And Pastor Mikey says, what, what is it that, because Pastor Mikey, he'd be asking all kinds of questions. He, he liked to ask questions. And he said, what is it that, why, why do you call people out? Now, this has a point. Stay with me, y'all. Those of you that have heard this is cool, but there's a lot of people haven't. He said, why do you call people out? What, what, what is it that draws you to those people? Now, I... From up to that point, I had never explained it to anybody. No one had ever asked. I'd never told anyone why I called people out. But I finally explained to Pastor Mikey, well, the reason I call people out is because there's a light that comes on them. And they begin to illuminate. And they begin to, they begin to glow like there's, a, like there's a bright, shining light behind them. I said, sometimes it's so bright. And, and as I began to talk about it, he was looking at me. And even Pastor Mikey, even Pastor Mikey couldn't look at me like it was strange. He began to look at me like, that's unusual. And I I, I said, when he looked at me like it was unusual, I said, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? I I said, you know, Pastor Mikey, I've never even tried to tell somebody that, but now that it comes out of my mouth, that just sounds nuts. It sounds, it sounds crazy. And he said this, he said, that's the gift of the discerning of spirits. I was like, you know, I think it is. <laughs> and he was like, you didn't know that? I was like, well, I never thought about it. I never thought about it. Because it was, it was a way that the Lord had, had, I'd seen this all my life. Now, here's the thing. The way the Lord used to talk to me is through pain. I'd get pain in my body when I'd pray for people. I'd get pain in my body, and I'd know to pray for them. And then the Lord told me, I don't want you doing that no more. 
He said, I want you to follow me. And then he started letting me know that when people, when I started seeing the presence of God, that I needed to call those people out. Well, it opened up a whole new door of ministry for me. I went from just having words of knowledge to where the Lord was using me to give people a personal prophetic words that sometimes were scary. You know, someone would go to glowing and shining. I remember in particular one lady in Richmond, Indiana, she began to glow and shine and I called her out and, and I looked at her and I saw, I saw an open grave with a casket in it. And I said, I'm seeing a, an open grave. I said, with a casket in there and I see you standing over that, that casket mourning and crying. And I see the Lord Jesus coming and putting his arms around you and giving you comfort and peace. I said, uh, the Lord, the Lord himself is coming to wrap you up in his comfort and in his love and in his peace. I said, I don't know what's happened. I don't know. If, and she began to break down and she said, my husband passed away last week and I didn't know how I was going to make it through. Now, you know, that was, that was just through that, through that gift. Now, the Lord didn't show me all of that until I told that lady to step out. All I saw was a light around her. But God began to deal with me in a different way. You know what the Lord began to talk to me about here recently? He said, he said, I'm trying to lead my people in ways that they've not known. I'm trying to lead my, just like I said my word, I'm trying to lead my people in ways that they've not known. You know what, church? There's a way that God wants to lead you that maybe he hadn't led nobody else. And some of you have to consider that the way the Lord used you at one time, that season may be over. That season may be done. You know, at one time, all I did was minister healing to sick people. You know, that I don't do that. Now, we still minister to sick people, and sick people still get healed. I mean, the girl testified uh, that she received some sort of healing and became pregnant. She got a miracle. So God's still a healing God. But the Lord don't use me the same way in healing as he used to. But in that gift of, the, of, of discerning of spirits, you know, that, that seems to have been the prominent gift in my life for the last several seasons. But I told y'all, Lord's been dealing with me about that. And that was, that was starting to come to an end. But it doesn't mean it's over. Just because God is closing out one season to take you into the next season doesn't mean that it's over. You know what? God is graduating some to the place where they're training others. I didn't used to think there was any value in training. I, you know what? I just wanted to slap my hands on people and, and be in the glory and be over there in the flow. I just wanted to have Holy Ghost meetings and do all that. And then he called me to pastor this church. And when I started pastoring this church, I found out that there was far greater value in training you all to do the work that Jesus did than there was in just me doing it. Because if I do it, I add to the church. If we all do it, we multiply it. The kingdom is added to if one of us does it. If all of us do it, the kingdom is multiplied. Amen. Amen. But here, here's, what I, here's what I want you to be aware of. What will determine your effectiveness is not the measure of your gift. Do you know, do you know and I, I know I'm taking a while here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some scriptures, and I'm going to go through them rather quickly. Uh, but... Um, do you know over the years, no one, no one when, they, when they talk about me, when they say pastor, on Pastor Appreciation, some of you stayed afterwards to hang out with us and, 
and have tacos with us and talk with us. Do you know, um, no one, not one person, when they were expressing their appreciation to me on, on that pastor's appreciation, no one said, Pastor, I love how you discern spirits. You know, no one said that. No one said, do you know what impresses you know what impresses me the most, Pastor Zig? What impresses me the most about you is how you can look across the crowd and call people out and, and read their mail. And I'm telling you, that's the most impressive thing. That's what I appreciate about you. But, you know, no one said that. No one said, I appreciate how that when you lay hands on the people, they fall on the ground. That's the thing that I admire about you the most is that, boy, you lay your hands on people and they hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. That's not, no, no one said that. Not, not one person said that. Not one person said, you know what? You're the greatest preacher of all time. <laughs> Your preaching gift is that there is bar none. I'm telling you, the reason I, I come to this church is because you have such a great preaching gift. And man, nobody said that. You know what they did say? They said, I appreciate your long suffering. I appreciate that you will suffer for a long time when dealing with the church, when dealing with me personally. I appreciate, I appreciate your empathy, you being able to put yourself in my position. Pastor, I appreciate the love that I feel when I'm with you. I appreciate the time that you spend. You know, there, there are all these things. Do you know that... Uh, um, Look, I want everybody to look at me. If you're, if you're asleep, wake up and listen to me. Just for this, this one second. Listen to me for this one second. You can have the best gifts in the world. You can have the best gifts in the world. But if your character is flawed, It will rob the impact of the most powerful gift of any individual. You can have people that raise the dead. If they find out that individual's character is flawed, it doesn't matter how many dead people they raise. And so as, we, as, we're, as we're moving into this, into this time, I think it's important that you understand this, that God wants you to function and flow and roar for him. But the thing that probably he's working on most of you with the most is in the development of your character and your integrity. Amen. Well, you know, I told the story of Andrew recently. Andrew, when he was 17, he came to this church. And I was rough on old Andrew. By the spirit, I wasn't doing that on purpose. It was... I was rough on Andrew by the spirit. He said, I want to come to Winter's Church. I said, I don't want you at Winter's Church. You're abandoning your old pastor. Why would I, why would I want you to come here and abandon me later? I mean, why are you leaving him? He put up with you for six years. You had trouble with him for, for three months, and you're ready, you ready to leave him. You're ready to divorce your old pastor. I said, heck, I don't want, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. If I put up with you for six years, you can't put up with my nonsense for three months. Now, that really wasn't the way that it was, was it, Andrew? Not really. I mean, kind of, but not really. But, but I was saying it because Andrew needed to make 
a decision. You know, he needed to make a decision that wasn't based on the woo-woo. He need y'all know what I mean by the woo-woo, by the shout and the fluff and the, you know, the rolling around and, and getting slapped on the head and falling out under the pa-ha-ha. All that, all that stuff is good. But we, we've, got to, we've got to walk walk with Jesus and live for God, not based on, amen. It's like basing a, it's like basing a marriage on sex. It won't be very long before you're dissatisfied in that marriage. I don't care how good the sex is. If the rest of it sucks, you can have the best sex in the world. It's not going to be good after a while. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I know it's Sunday morning. Some of y'all look at me. Pastor, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> this ain't no marriage retreat here. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I want you to, I want you to read this uh, in the, the book of, uh, go with me to the book of, um, the book of First Timothy. First Timothy. And I'm, I'll, I'll read this to you. And um, the reason why us being people of integrity, people of, that have uh, the characteristics of Jesus in our life, not just the power of Jesus, but the characteristics of Jesus. Um, the reason why this is important is because God's called us to be examples to the world. God's called us to be examples to the world. Are y'all hearing this? <clears throat> and so... Uh, the book of First uh, Timothy, chapter uh, chapter four, I believe, chapter four. Man, we could read this whole thing. You know what? Let's let. Can we read? Let's read this whole chapter. And um, I could go. I could go over lots of different verses with you, but we'll read this one because um, I think it 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 speaks to what we're talking about better. So chapter, chapter 4, we'll start with verse 1. Now the Spirit, and I'm going to read this in New King James. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. Amen. We know that's right. Uh, we see that all the time. And some of them still going to church, but they've departed from the faith. Are y'all hearing me? There, there are some churches that are full of people that have departed from the faith. They haven't left church, but they've departed from the faith. Amen. They're not really living for God. They're going to church. They're just scratching a niche. They're just going through the motions. Giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. You know what? You know what you need to pray for in this hour? You need to pray that God will make you sensitive in your spirit. That, that, that if you've become calloused in any way, that, are y'all hearing me today? That if you've become calloused in any way toward the spirit of God and toward the ways of God, that the Lord will take and he will soften your heart and that he will do what is necessary to make you pliable and flexible and, and uh, in his hand, that you won't, that you won't be uh, calloused, but you will be sensitive. Uh, forbidding 
uh, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Notice how he didn't tell them, well, if you'll just lay hands on them. Right. Now listen, we, we, again, we're a church of laying on of hands. I, I want to lay hands on some of y'all so much that you leave here with a, a, I don't want you to be as bald as me, but at least have a little bald spot <laughs> from someone laying hands on you so much. You understand? We want to lay hands on people. We want people to, but, but notice the things that, that Paul is telling Timothy here. Are y'all you, you seeing it? You'd be a good minister of Jesus Christ to instruct the brethren in these. Instruct the brethren. Uphold the word of God. Uphold instruction. <clears throat> nourished, so good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you, have, which you have carefully followed. Not only preaching doctrine that you've heard, but doctrine you've followed. Church, you don't understand the damage that you, that you do, not only to your own life, but to the lives of those that are observing your life when you don't, when you don't act according to Scripture. When you don't live according to the word of God. Now, do, we, do, do all of us fall on occasion? Do all of us, uh, do all of us give place to the, the enemy every now and again? Yes, absolutely. We're all susceptible to temptation and to the works of the devil. But you know what? As, as, as believers, even, you know, I was with a... Man, I, I'm about to cuss here in a minute. Just as an example, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abstain from doing that. I'm going to use a different word. So know that this isn't how this was said to me. Because, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. The, uh, to me, there's no... When, when, you, when you grow in Christ, when you're, when you're a Christian and you grow, and I understand everybody's in a different place. Please don't take this as me condemning anyone or, 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 or me saying to you that you are less than. But at one time there was an environment that there was an environment that existed in the church that wouldn't allow for some of the things that are going on in the church today. Now some people say, well, they're just a bunch of religious stuffy people. Yeah, but they, you know what? There was there was a there was a way. When I you know, I'll just I'll put it when I was a kid, you didn't run, listen, you didn't run in church but one time. You didn't run in, when I was a kid, you ran in church once, one time, and then it didn't matter how they got you, by your hair, by your ear, someone was going to, someone was going to stop you, and it didn't have to be your mama. It could have been a missionary, could have been an evangelist, could have been a deacon, could have been anybody. And you know what? If, if your mama was far away, you was about to get beat by everybody in between you and your mama. They was all going to have a shot at you. And by the time they got done with you, you wasn't going to run in church. Now, do I, do, I, do I think that that was the way to do it? Well, they had something. Because you know what? Used to be kids would say, you didn't, I didn't sleep in church. Dear God, I didn't sleep in church. You'd get pinched. You'd get jabbed. You'd get, you know... 
You did, you did it long enough, my grandmother would kneel you down on a hardwood floor and say, kneel there, that'll keep you awake. Now, I see some of you, well, that's abusive. <laughs> well, you, but, but you know what? Uh, there was a lot less foolishness that went on in church, too. Now, I'm not condoning certain behaviors. Don't get me wrong. But we, we're living in a different time. Am I right? We're living in a different, a totally different time. Totally different time. And my grandmother would knock me from here to Tuesday. If I mess around in church. Kids weren't catered to in church back in the day. Nowadays, you got to have a kids program for people to just come. But back in the day, church wasn't. Listen, you sat in the service with everybody. They brought Santa Claus once a year, but it always happened at the end of an all-night service. No lie. You go from 7 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning. 7 in the morning, Santa would show up. And then he wouldn't give you nothing good. He'd give you a sack full of apples and, and walnuts. Anybody remember that? Apples, walnuts, and peppermints. It's like, I waited for this. I wanted a bike. Isn't that the, isn't that the way it was? Y'all remember that? You was in the Baptist church. You remember? And that fruit, that fruit cake came from like Goodwill or something. <laughs> Yours had an orange instead of a, an apple. Well, you were lucky. <laughs> See, when I, got, when, I got, when I got born again, it didn't take me a long time for my language to change. I remember the day after I got saved, I cussed someone up and down. I felt so bad about it. That I was like, Lord, that must not have been pleasing to you. And so then I determined I'm going to change the way I speak. You know, the Lord didn't come change the way I talked. That's the one, one when I got saved, that was one of the things that didn't change. It took effort. Amen. I can't, remember, I, can't, I can't remember who it was I was watching. I was watching a video. I was watching someone. And, oh, it was uh, Mike Lindell, the, the My Pillow fella. And, man, I admired him so much. He's a believer, loves God, stood for Christianity. You know, then he, you know, got hooked up with the Trump, you know, thing. And, and uh, I, thought he was, I thought he was getting out there, you know, pretty much with Trump a lot. And I was like, eh. You know, I, I just thought, you know, stand for Jesus. And he, and he was. But then I watched him go through his deposition when they were questioning him. And he starts dropping words that I'm like, if, if we're only Christians when we're not mad, then are we really Christians? Listen, and I'm not talking about, listen, I'm talking about, I'm talking about curse words. I'm talking about words that are spoken with malicious intent. I'm not, ta I'm not talking about, you know, some, 
I know some of you will, I know some, again, I could, I could say lots of words, but I don't want to be off color. There's some things that people say, and I understand. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not condemning anyone. Everyone's in a different place, walking out. And the environment that's in the church today, the environment that's in the church, that's what I'm trying to get across to you, has changed so much that there's a, there's a lack of a standard being raised for people to really put forth the effort to change. To, to, to live godly lives filled with integrity and amen. And so not only, do, not only do other Christians not know how to live, but the world looks at us and they can't figure us out at all. What exactly is the difference between you and I? And you know what? I, I guess if they looked hard enough, they would, they would see it in, in most of us. I, I think probably most of the people here at Winter's Church, it, it, uh, you go into the world and people know that you're not, you know, most of it. Even if you have some of these struggles that I, that I, I, I brought up here today. But he talks about good doctrine, which you have to carefully follow. So, so in this time when hills are being brought down and rivers are being, you know why that is? Because God is trying to get you to walk in a particular way. Because there's something coming. There's something coming. There's something coming that you have absolutely nothing to do with. There's going to be a roar of the Spirit of God that comes out of our lives. The fire of God and the power of God is going to be manifested in ways that we only dreamed and imagined that we would be a part of. Amen. You know what? When people tell me, they're like, Brother Siki, we just love how the Lord, you know, was working with you here. But we were in Texas, and pastor's like, I just love it. I'm like, well, you know what? That wasn't me. There's nothing about this meeting that was me. Anything that was me, you didn't like. The preaching, the teaching, the manifestation, these are all, these are all the Lord. Yeah, but you had to yield to him. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe. But you know, there have been, there have been at times when God moved and it didn't take much. It didn't take much to get over there and to see God do it. I've watched people come in off the street that were carnal and wicked. Man, I, I cast devils out of a, I that, remember, remember I told you all that story of the guy we cast devils out of? That for, he was in the Mennonite church, and, and uh, me and Dave were out drinking beers. Anybody remember that story? If you don't remember the story, I cast devils out of a guy. First person I ever cast devils out of, the Lord taught me how to cast devils out. I cast devils out of that guy. The very next day, we're sitting at pastor's house. This guy was demon-possessed. Demon-possessed. And the next day, after he... After he uh, Got delivered from demons. The next day, he goes home at 3 o'clock in the morning delivered from demons. Yeah. The next day at 9, 10 o'clock, whatever it was, we got together at the pastor's house. And he's sitting there at the pastor's house. The Spirit of God comes upon him. And he go to prophesying over the pastor the word of the Lord. Yeah. There are times when the Spirit of God gets to moving. And it doesn't matter. You can be a donkey. And the spirit, of, listen, if God's spirit will speak through a donkey, that's not saying much about us. That's not saying much about our performance or our goodness. See, those things can happen. The, the, the manifestation of the spirit can happen regardless of your character. 
But if we're, going to, if we're going to make disciples of all men, if we're going to go into all the world and persuade men to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, then there's going to have to be a difference in the way that we live, in the way that we speak. There's going to have to be a difference in, the, in what we stand for, how we, you know what, how you go to work, what you look like when you go to work, how happy you are when you go to work, how you respond to your boss, how you respond to a job that is given to you, whether you finish that job or not. How you act when you go buy a car. How you deal with people in business. You can be shrewd, but you got to be a Christian. Amen. Again, and y'all will recognize this verse of scripture. I'm almost done. See, I can feel, I can feel it. I feel y'all feeling the heat. <laughs> you know why your pastor's preaching this to you? Because no matter, no matter how good we do, God reveals things in us. And there are things that God is revealing to me about my life that he says, don't cut the mustard. He's talking to me and saying, you've got to come up higher. Because there's coming a day when you're going to be under the spotlights of this world and you're going to live under the scrutiny of, of men that are possessed with evil spirits. And when the light of God shines on you, what, what men need to see is they need to see Jesus. And the only way that's going to happen, amen. Listen, I have been baited into arguments and into fights. That, didn't, that I was right about, but it didn't make me look good. But reject profane, verse 7, profane and old wives' tales. Exercise yourself toward godliness. Turn to someone and say, exercise yourself toward godliness. Amen. And... This isn't a, there are lots of things that are in here that I'm not speaking them because I'm, you know, for bodily exercise profits little. That doesn't mean don't, that doesn't mean don't go for a walk. That doesn't mean sit on the couch all day. Uh, but it, but it is saying, it is saying that bodily exercise isn't going to help you spiritually speaking. Amen. I think I can get the rest of the juice out of this battery here. Um. <clears throat> But godliness is profitable for all things. Say all things. Not just spiritual things, all things. Godliness, amen, is profitable for every area of your life. When you live for Jesus, I know this isn't, a, this isn't one of those crank up the music, let's have church messages. You know what? No one's going to have a fire tunnel after this message. But it's, I really believe it's where the Lord is working. That's, that's why some of us may be, may be feeling the pressure and the difficulty of this season. Because God is saying, you know what? You don't think you can live any better than this. But I'm taking you up higher. You don't think that you can be any more Christ-like. But I'm going to make you more like me. Amen. You're not going to be just like me in power. You're going to be like me in character. You're going to love like me. Come on, somebody. 
You're going to forgive like me. You're going to hope like me. You're going to endure like me. You're going to bear all things. You're going to believe all things. You're going to go through all things. And you're not going to be touched by this world. Are y'all hearing me today? There's, there, there's a whole slew of wickedness and evil that we're going to have to walk through in this last day. And believe you me, you're, go, you're going to have to have something of the character and the integrity of God to get to the other side. And I don't care how powerful any of our gifts are. Listen, the reason I'm telling you this is because he's about to turn up the power on your gift. Some of y'all are about to astound people. Some of you all, people are about to look at you and say, I didn't see you coming. Where did you come from, Brandon? Where'd you come from, Derek? Dear God. Where'd you come from, Tyler? Amen. Listen, some of you last week, you were saying, where'd you come from, Gabe? Where did that come from? Where in the world did that come from? Because God is elevating people. Listen, and you got to be, you got, that, this is where you have to be careful. When he begins to elevate you in gift and in power, it's your responsibility to live with integrity, to allow God's spirit to help you to navigate the waters of morality, to navigate the waters of living the life of someone who is a Christian. Because when you're standing on the platform ministering to millions and millions of people, the last thing you want to have hinder your gift, the gift that God put in you, is the fact that you didn't deal with your character. <clears throat> go, go to book verse uh, 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift. Now, see, that's what I'm, I want to try to tell y'all. Because sometimes when you go to talking integrity and character, people start going, well, you know, I, I better lay off the gift. No, don't lay off the, don't, don't neglect the gift. Don't neglect the gift, but you know what? Don't neglect your character either. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. In other words, you know what? You got your gift through laying on the hands and through the eldership. But all the rest of this stuff, you're going to have to walk out. The gift comes easy, but the rest of it don't. If I preach supernatural increase, say that, say that y'all were at a revival service. I'm preaching on supernatural increase. And there's a big window like we had over at the other building that looks into the parking lot. And all of a sudden, we see an old 1978 Buick 
what they call that y'all used to have? Station wagon. Old 1978 station wagon rolls up, smoking like a mosquito truck. Anybody remember them mosquito trucks? Anyway, smoking like a And then whoever's in it shuts it off and it, it just keeps running. You remember when you shut car off and it just keep going? And all of a sudden Annie gets out. My kids are little. She's all tore. She got a tore dress. She looked like she just dropped. She, came, she stepped out of an episode of the Brady Bunch. My kids are all tore up. Not, and I'm preaching on supernatural increase. And you looking at that, when she rolls up, we're talking about supernatural increase. I'm, I, and I'm saying to y'all, you can leave the land of barely enough, move into the land of more. God is a God of more than enough. I'm telling you, glory to God, I used to be broke. And then you see Annie roll up like that. You'd be like, used to be broke? My God. How much integrity? How much weight is my word going to carry? If I get up here and I tell you, take care of your children. Your children should follow the Lord. They should live godly lives for Jesus. It's possible for da 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 But then my kids are the ones expelled all the time. See, it got real quiet just now. <laughs> not that, you know, not, not that there's not going to be struggles with some people, but you know, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. We, we've, we, we've got to be about the business of teaching people that it's good to live for the Lord. That is good to have character, a good character, the character of God, integrity. I was with a lady, she was an evangelist. I appreciated her. I love her. She's awesome. Great gift. We were sitting there, and she there was this kid that was acting up in one of the services that we had had, and she was the, that she had been there preaching. And and I said, you know, he was, did you see he was, he was, he he did a good imitation of you. It really irritated her that this kid was acting that way. I said, he did a real good imitation of you. I said, you didn't see it? She goes, no, had I seen it, I'd have slapped the SH whatever out of him. Well, when she said it, I was taken back. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I said, you, you, you would have been angry. <laughs> And she, I could tell the look of regret came over her face. She was like, oh, dear God. She says, I, she says, I am so sorry. You must, you must think so poorly of me. And, and I, you know what? I really didn't. I thought because of the character that she had exemplified up to that point in time, you know, a, so I'm not, I'm not talking about being perfect. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There are times that we say things and do things and some of which, you know, like Pastor Annie just had a lapse in. <laughs> she didn't know why she was flipping that person off. It was just happening. And she, she, she was trying. She's like, what am I doing? It was, hey, 
it was a it was a lapse. It was a she didn't go for the double. She it was just one, so she didn't go for the double. <laughs> so we have to give her props for that. Thank God she, you know, she I was in her car one time and she was listening to some uh, country song and this girl was talking about, yeah, I'm 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 not a uh, Oh, what is she saying? Uh, I'm not a broad or something like that, but I'm a, you know, I'm a redneck, uh, yeah, redneck woman and hell yeah and this and that and the other. And I'm like, pastor. <laughs> I said, it's not hell yeah, it's heaven yeah. Hell no. I said, heaven yes, hell no. She, she just laughed at me. She pretended like she was even going to sing it. She's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm not, that, I'm not that person that is trying to get up here and smack you with a ruler and talk to you. But I do believe that God is calling us to, to believe him, to be able to live a life that is ab above bar. Yes. Amen. 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 Uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to be an example to those that look upon our lives. Verse 15, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. You want your progress to be, you know what, church? If, if, if you haven't progressed, if you've got, you know, you know how you know whether you've progressed or not? It's not, it's, not that, it's not in what you recognize. It's in what others recognize in you. Others will look at you and they will know that you've progressed. When they look at you and they, like I look at Andrew and I'm like, Andrew is not the same guy he was when he rolled in here at 17 years of age. Andrew's not the same person. Carolyn's not the same person she was. When I met Carolyn, that she is not the same person that I met when she rolled up in here. Miss Rhonda, Miss Rhonda is not the same person. Tyler's not the same person. Amen. You know, in fact, I can't think, I can't think really of hardly anyone that hasn't really had or been impacted by being a part of this church who have sat under the ministry of the word of God and who have attempted to apply these words to their life. That these words are transformative. But you have to work with God to get it done. I know some of you are going to come to me after this message. You're going to try to apologize to me that you have not examined. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not the purpose for this message. Whatever you think that whatever you think sparked this message, that's not what sparked it. What sparked this message today is the Holy Spirit told me that this is a big part of the reason why we're feeling the pressure that we're feeling is that God's trying to prepare us so that when the anointing is in manifestation, it, we don't get tripped up by our character and by our lack of integrity or lack of character. Uh, we don't want to be tripped up. We don't want to be running and then be tripped up because our lives were in shambles. We want to make sure that we address those things so that when we run, we can run fast. Amen. Glory to God. I've, I've told people this. Uh, you know, I, there's, there's lots of people follow different ministers, follow different ones. And there was one minister is preaching over in Ohio and he was living with his girlfriend and traveling with her, shacking up with her, all this stuff. And, 
and acting like it was his wife, told everybody it was his wife. It was a lie. We knew it was a lie. There were people that had, God had touched him in our meetings. He had transformed their lives, but now all of a sudden they're listening to this guy, and I'm an idiot. You know, Paul and them must have dealt with the same thing because they would say stuff like that to people all the time. They would say, you, you following these people that they, their lives don't add up and somehow or another we're evil. And they had been helped in, in, in our ministry and God had really done some good stuff. With, but now they, won't, they weren't even coming to services. They weren't, even coming to, they weren't even coming to revival services in their own church. But they're following this Yahoo around. It's like, I'm not trying to be ugly toward anyone, but man, wake up. I got up one day and I said, and I'll tell you all this. You can go back throughout the entire history of my life. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find in, in, in the history of my life, of my ministry, you're never going to find anyone that will step up and say, he, there's no woman in this church that will ever say that I ever approached them in an inappropriate manner. There's no one that will ever say that I, that I carried on an inappropriate relationship with anyone, male or female. Nowadays, you have to be clear. No, no one. No one. No one's ever. No, you can't. No one will ever question my integrity. I have been with one woman for my whole life. This one. And I'm satisfied with being with her. Period. Period. You know, maybe there's some people that are more prone to, to, to getting off track in that area of their life. I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing that's ever going to persuade me to try to go and be with someone else other than her. There's nothing attractive about it. There's nothing that draws me in that direction. No. My prayer is, is that same way with her. I trust that it is. She still looks at me. Y'all seen the picture I put up where she, I'm standing up here and she's looking up at me like, I hope she'll look, like, she'll look at me that way for the remainder of our lives. Amen. Now, you say, Brother Ziggy, are you bragging? Well, yeah. In a way. Because there's so many jacked up people. You, you know what I'm saying? People that don't. And, and you know what? You know, you know a, a lot of the reason why I'm faithful is because I made a commitment to her. But you know what? I have, to, I have to live for Jesus. When it's all over with, I have to answer to him. And not only do I have to answer to him for me, but I have to answer to him for you. What did I do to be an example to the flock? What did I do to lift a standard? You're never, going to, you're never going to cut me off on the highway and I'm not going to fly you the bird. Pastor Annie maybe, but not me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I might. Depends on what day you catch me on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, there's some, some people are like, I refuse to believe it. It's hard to see. Here, here's, what I want, here's what I want to tell y'all. If, if, if I can do some of these things, you can do it too. Stand up, stand up all over the place. If I can do it, you can do it too. Amen. Next week, we'll talk about discernment. Next Sunday, I promise. Next week, we will talk about discerning. 
uh, by the Spirit. So we're going to get back over there. But I, I did want to tell you this. Live, live with integrity. Live with character. Every day, no matter what you do. When you're doing things, do all things under the glory of God. Amen. Do all things under the glory of God. Love one another. Love one another. I mean, for real, love one another. You say, well, what if I don't love someone? Pretend until you do. Well, I don't want to be putting on a mask. That's a mask you want to wear. That love mask, you want to wear that love mask. Amen. When, it, when, it, when it's all good and when it's not good, we're going to love one another. We're going to love God. Amen. We're going to do good unto all men, especially unto those who are the household of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, did this help anybody today? Praise God. I know that it, uh, it may not have been what you, it sure wasn't what I expected. But I know it was what the Lord put on my heart. And I sure love y'all and I appreciate y'all. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something. You have been through, you have, gone, you have come too far to turn back. And you have been through way too much. You know, the devil, he be trying to shout the victory over some of y'all regularly. And he has no right. Because at every turn, at every turn, when you were weak, he was strong. When you were weak, he was strong. Listen, I've seen some of y'all go through some stuff. I'll be honest with you. I was telling Cherie this. She, didn't, she won't believe it. She's like, I don't believe that. But there are some things that, that we were talking about. And I said, Cherie, I'm going to tell you right now. It, maybe if I had to go through something like that, or I can't remember exactly the circumstances we was talking about. But I was like, if I had to go through something like that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I own guns. I own guns. And I'm not sure that I would come through it the way this individual came through this. I'm thinking I would. Sheree looked at me like, are you serious? She's like, I don't see it. I said, well, you know, I've never been through that. I'm hoping that I'd pass the test. Seems like God's usually there to help me through when I'm going through the difficulties. And so probably I, I would make it through. But right now, I said, but right now, if I, in my mind, I'm killing somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody's going to die and I'm going to jail. Yep, and Shree going, Shree's like, Pastor Zig's away on sabbatical. I'll be having revival services. <laughs> what do we start calling it? Anyway? Oh, where's Andrew at? What did Andrew start calling it? A sabbatical. That's what he called it. Sinbatical. It's not a sabbatical anymore. It's a sinbatical. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't, I, I can't imagine sometimes how some of you all make it through some of the things that I've seen you endure. You know what it does for me? It makes me understand and know there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. And there are, and there are people that are in this church that you know him well enough that when you're going through the most difficult parts of your life, he's there. He's there. 
You know what? No matter what you're going through, you can make it. You can get to the other side. We're for you. Amen. God is for you. Most, more importantly, he, God is for you. And if he's for you, can't nobody be against you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for speaking here today. God, I pray that your spirit would rest upon each one. God, that you will continue to encourage us to live a more surrendered, more sold out to you. God, help me more than anybody else, God. I need your help. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to love harder, to believe stronger, to be more faithful, to be more loyal, to be more sold out to you. In the name of Jesus, God, help me to see others through your eyes. That when I'm dealing with people, Lord, when I'm talking with people, when we're, when we're laughing, when we're crying, when we're angry, when we're sad, no matter what the circumstance, Lord, may I see men through your eyes. I want to see the way you see. I want to hear the way you hear. I want to feel, God, the way you feel. And so, Father, we pray that uh, your Spirit will continue to help us, to lead us. Let us be examples to all those that we come in contact with throughout our lives. And may, may many surrender their hearts to Jesus based not only, Lord, on the power, but, Lord, on, on the example that we live out before them in Jesus' name. Lord, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, it is chili cook-off day. And so uh, it is a heated competition. I hope you all have not been sabotaging one another's chili. I did see Derek back there messing with one of them. I think it was his own. But, but, no, no, no. Integrity, right? You got integrity. No, you got it, Derek. Now, I did find out that last year Eric was paying people. So, we'll have to have a, we will have to have a talk with Eric. But his, his chili last year was terrible. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, he paid people, but he never gave them the money. He just promised them the money. <laughs> well, you can send him the invoice after this chili cook-off. But, uh, amen. Um, Hilda, you want to you give us direction? All right, Hilda's going to give us some direction here.